Aaron, Aaron, we have received a disruption protocol. What is it, Josh? Well, Aaron, I don't mean to invoke the winds here, but it looks like the futurist operative Andrew Bosco is performing a reality heist on the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. should probably explain bosco we we cut it out every time but we always sing the game of thrones theme song after we do the intro okay because the intro music i wrote i just like i was like what if it was game of thrones but a little bit different so yeah with like a a little more bardy yeah now i'm imagining like the game of thrones song but it's like looking over kamigawa you know Ooh, that's good oh oh yeah and like so Oh, and that works nicely because, like, all the, like, the automations mm-hmm. are, like, oh, the yeah. gears turning and stuff. I really wow. like that, Aaron. It's almost like I thought about this, which I it's... didn't. <laughs> That's what we call improv. That's yes and right Improv. There. Improv. I, I think I say that all the time. Well, it's time to anchor us back to reality right here. Because we are up. on the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast. Also, that's the next blue card that I added. All the things I used at the beginning were all blue cards. Nothing else. As they should be. It was just straight blue card after blue card. So welcome, everyone, to the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast, where we're going to be talking about Magic the Gathering and the future. But we have a really special guest on today. We have Andrew Bosco. Woot woo! Hey everybody, very happy to be here. So Bosco, I, I wanna I wanna hear it because you know people out there might know you as a musician and amongst other things, but you are a Magic the Gathering player, and we just want to know like what got you into Magic the Gathering. What's like your history with it? Yeah, tell us about yourself. What's your backstory? So my uh, I'll start with my Magic backstory since uh, that's what everybody's here for. <laughs> um, so I started playing when I was in fourth grade. Ooh. Uh, one of my brothers, my older brother's friends played magic and it was all casually, you know, I didn't really understand any of the important mechanics of the game yet. All I knew was like, Oh, big creature hit my opponent. That's good. Hell yeah. And you know, I would just load up these decks with these, these big cards. I had no understanding of the mana curve or like. You know, any anything like that. I was like, okay, you put twenty four decks in your or twenty four lands in your deck, and uh, and then you just put the best cards you have in there, and you call it a day, and you see what happens. So that's how I played Magic for probably like four or five years. Just I still play Magic like that. So I was about (laughs) well, I was gonna say if you're a mono green player, I think you still play that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not far off from uh, from the the right technique for that. Um, but so the sets that were active when I got into it, um. The first pack I ever got was Shadowmoor. Yo. Which is one of my favorite sets. Shadowmoor and Eventide, and then right before that, Lorwyn and Morningtide. Yeah, I love Lorwyn. Those four sets together, that block is one of my favorite releases in Magic, not just for nostalgia, but I mean they they nailed the the fantasy aesthetic that mm-hmm. I think is just perfect for Magic. And I know everybody's been clamoring, or at least in my in what I've seen on Reddit, people have certainly been clamoring for a a return to that, hmm. which I would love. And I had certainly thought that uh, Throne of Eldraine was going to be just that when I saw the fairy in the spoiler. Absolutely. Shameless plug, I have a really killer um, blue-white merfolk deck that's like all wow. Warwing cards. So That is awesome. Thank I you. I love the uh, the merfolk set. was cool. Uh, I think they changed what well, it was blue-black once. Uh, yeah, that was cool too. Like Drowner of Thoughts and stuff or Drowner of Secrets, I think it's called. Yep. 
Yeah. Classic. And I had, uh, I used to have like a, a, it was a really shitty goblin deck. Um, I mean, because it was just so much fun to load it up with all these these goblins that explode when they die. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were, there were a lot of good setups for some nice combos that I think uh, they, they, you can flex a little bit more with some modern goblins. But that was, I think that was so much fun. Magic was a little simpler then. <laughs> I mean, red still is very goblin heavy, so I guess I yeah. guess you're still never blowing changed. shit up too. Yeah. So. Yes. Um. And even if you look at like you know the planeswalkers that came out in Lorwyn, they're so so much weaker than what we see now. Mm-hmm. In terms of you know like oh like this was considered one of the best cards you can get, and you know their alt was like, you know now that's maybe like a, a minus two for like a modern planeswalker. Right. Hmm. Yeah. The old like Jace the Mind Sculptor, you know. Yeah, like there's just so many cards that are so like nuclear now. Yeah, Jason Mind Sculptor was a cool one. I dude, I pulled one of those when I was a kid, and I just like traded it to one of my friends because I was like, I'm not, I don't play blue, I don't. No, need this. Oh, oh no, and then, oh, I yeah, paid then, like, so much money for one of those to put it in a, a blue illusion deck I have. Yeah, and then like three years later, I see it's going for like two fifty. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, fuck. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even trade it for anything good. <laughs> I was about to say that alt is nothing to laugh at. That 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 is no. a good one. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's crazy. Anyway, uh, so I then I started to get a little bit more heavily into it with Shards of Alara, which is also again I think this might be a little bit more for nostalgia's sake, but I think is is one of my favorite sets as well. And I I built a pretty crafty vampire deck with Zendikar after that. Yes. And then the I, OG Zendikar. Yeah, the very first Zendikar round round one of three. And yeah, Innistrad was after that. And then I think around then is when I fell off. And I got back into it uh, right when uh, Ixalan dropped. I remember hearing from one of my friends like, "That's a big gap. You missed like yeah, all it's of a Ravnica." Huge gap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's 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 right about when I fell off. And uh, I remember one of my friends told me like, "Oh, the new magic set is pirates and dinosaurs and vampires." I was like, "That sounds like nonsense. That doesn't sound like magic to me." And then I get into the set. I'm like, "Nope, this is perfect." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And blue green merfolk. Oh yeah. I'm terrifying. Just in case nobody knew, I love merfolk all the time. I'll play them every time they're in a set. I mean, it's consistently like there's consistently a good option Mm -hmm. i think you know even if it's not in standard then you know in recent sets you can you can make something pretty nice and pioneer right totally Uh, yar (laughs) 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 i'm gonna say it now um we were talking off mic and i promised uh andrew that i would make the same joke when we started recording but every time someone says pioneer in reference to the magic the um the gathering like play style um, I just think about like Oregon Trail pioneers, and I'm like, how many wagon wheels are in your pioneer deck? Oh god! <laughs> so that's all I had to share that with everybody. A generous piece of wisdom. Thank you. That is a good <laughs> wisdom. Um, yeah, I mean, Merfolk in in Exelon was was ridiculous. Um, there's there's just some really over the top shit you could do. Um, yeah, the synergy with I, Merfolk is crazy. Yeah, it was it was just it was nuts. Um, and so right about then I got into standard, um, and I'd never done standard before. I'd really only done tabletop. And so I wasn't used to like having a standard deck and going to like knowing the meta game, mm-hmm. going into mm-hmm. a shop and knowing like, oh, this guy's going to play this deck. And, uh, you know, I, I found a, a nice shop that I was pretty comfortable at. And, uh, when I was living in Connecticut hey. and, uh, <laughs> love was, that state. Uh, it was <laughs> wow. Bold. <laughs> I think it's probably uh, just important to mention that Bosco and I met in college in Connecticut. 
So yes, that's, yeah, that, yes. there's the connection there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was ever since then. I kind of for the next couple of years, um, I, I kept sort of up with standard uh, where I could. You know, and the, when I was first getting into it, I made a nice like uh, Dominaria had come out, and I made a, a nice Muldrotha deck that is uh, still in my rotation in terms of I've I've, I've translated it into arena. And uh, it's it's a blast to play that one on historic. Nice. I just want to like shout out to Arena. Honestly, it uh really helped me get back into it because man, buying all those cards is really hard. And also like it gives you that moment where you can play something that you would never pay. Like Goldspar Dragon mm-hmm. is fucking expensive. I'm never gonna buy it, but like no. damn, is it great to play with it somehow? <laughs> and as as much as it may hurt the the paper sales that they might have, like the the popularity of the game and the accessibility of it is huge with Arena. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just what you said, you can get any card without having to empty your wallet. You can make a good competitive deck mm-hmm. without yes. having to spend forty dollars on a card. Yeah, I remember in a game shop in Vermont when I stayed up uh, there over a summer. I like had my eye on a Tamio Planeswalker, like. The whole summer, and right before I left, I was like, "All right, Aaron, it's time. I'm gonna buy this." And it was like, I don't even remember how much I paid for it. It might have been like twenty dollars, which feels insane for a single card. And I cherish it to this day. And I've never put it in a deck. It just sits in the sleeve, <laughs> and I'm like, "That's my Tamio." That's card. pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course it's Tamio. Yeah. Naturally. I love that. You gotta have your favorites. We all have yeah. our favorites, yeah. Yes, and also the collectability of Magic, I think that's that's always going to be a, a cool feature of the, the paper cards. Like, mm-hmm. Regardless of if you use it or not, you know, it's, it's always cool to have something like that. Not to get too, um, you know, charged on the pod, but, like, let's talk about ownership, you know? And, like, when you digitally own something, it's different than when you physically own a copy of it, you know? Oh, we're, just, we're diving in, okay. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> that, like, you know, um, if Magic the Gathering Arena explodes and disappears forever, like, I'll lose all of those Tamiyo cards, but I'll always have Tamiyo Field Researcher, you know? No, that's In a my fair little point. deck box. And, I mean... I will say that I don't think there's going to be anything that copies the feeling of drawing a card. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? I think, like, you miss out, like, art on a screen is different than art in person. And I think, like, <laughs> the Magic the Gathering art is so important because it's great art that's used in these cards. In case you were wondering how we at the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast felt about NFTs, <laughs> this is it. All right. Well said, sir. Well said. <laughs> Wait, speaking of the times. I, this is completely unplanned. I'm just going to say this right now. There was just an announcement that dropped about 30 minutes ago with new Magic cards in the new Capena set. Oh. So I just I just want to put these out there because we were just talking about the past of Magic, and one of the big things we wanted to talk about is what we want to see moving forward in Magic. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring up some of the stuff they announced, and I know this is like coming off right away, so I don't want to... Mm-hmm. Right. I, we don't have much to talk about. We're definitely going to do a later episode, but sorry, some of this came up. They announced the colors of the crime families. Oh, cool. So you have Obscura, which is Esper, and they're blue-white-black wizards. Ah, uh, yes. Then you have Mastros, which is Grixis. It's the old money blue-black-red vampires. Then you have the Riveteers, which are Jund, which are black-red-green destructive industrious artisans and dragon leader. Then the uh, Cabaretti, which is Naya, which is red, green, white, party druid gang. And then the Brokers, which are Bant, so green, white, blue, 
demonic lawyers. What? Yeah, so get ready. Get that ready. That's not what? what I pictured for a Did band. Did you just say demonic scheme. without black? I th- see that's interesting, right? And I think that's pretty cool. They're lawyers. They're, I was about to say blue white is law. So I mean, yeah. they're getting into okay. demonic lawyers, which is pretty freaking that's cool. That's so interesting. Um they've announced Trium lands are coming back. Hell yeah. Uh, with cycle on them. Oh, love a good cycle. They've announced one enchantment, which is a blue, white, green one. So within that demonic lawyer color. Enchantment at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. And speaking of Jace earlier, a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. Oh. Mm. So this is exactly new. what I need for my new Kamigawa deck that I'm playing. Yeah, get that Tamiyo thing, which yeah. is great. That's all they've announced for New Capita. They also now officially have the artwork for the Stranger Things Secret Layers as actual magic cards in the universe. That is all we have. That is our Streets of Capina uh, update. <laughs> Side note, I'm super excited about the Street Fighter Secret Layer that's happening right now. I think that there's some really cool cards. I think that that's like it. a, it's a perfect crossover. I love yes. it. Yes. Also, really Chun-Li, nicely. what's up? <laughs> Exactly. Speaking of Secret Layer, by the way, um, Bosco was listening to our Secret Layer episode, and there was a Secret oh, Layer we didn't you. mention. I'm glad someone did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're finally having interaction with the uh, people who've listened to our podcast, which is great. Just think, if you engage with us, you too could be on the podcast. Hey, that's a pretty cool thing. So, Bosco, there was a Secret Layer that you wanted to talk about, and I think we should just throw that out there because we brought up Secret Layer there for a second. There is. Uh, and first, I want to say that, Josh, your pick for least favorite one uh, I completely disagree with. <laughs> you said the 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 full full text lands. Yeah, yeah. The I think I think the appeal is pretty obvious. Is that it's just a gigantic meme. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, it's fine. just a big joke. Okay, I go to war with you on this, but I understand. I understand your approach. I get where you're coming from, though. I I, I understand what you're. Uh, I, I totally get where you're coming. I from. I think the level is like, how much do you want to spend on a meme? That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. That's my only yeah. quality. What's it worth to you? Yeah, yeah. but Which I get I think it. Is that's a very Bosco a approach. Question. Yeah. <laughs> so my my favorites uh, or my favorite secret layer drop uh, is one that is near and dear to my heart. It's called the uh, Party Hard Shred Harder. Oh, naturally. And so all the cards look like uh, like metal posters, Which- like a metal band. Also, we should talk about we we like sort of got distracted from hearing your backstory. Like that's okay. <laughs> you're in a metal band, right? I am in a metal band. Uh, we're we're a progressive metal band, uh, and we f- we all met in college, and uh, we're in the process of finishing up our debut album. We all live in different states now. We'll be putting something out pretty soon. I hope. Uh, we've been recording virtually, which sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a real. You gotta tell ass. me twice. Hey, man, right? You, you guys are also musicians. You, you, I'm sure you understand the struggle. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, I meant because we record all of our podcast episodes remotely. Oh, that 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 too. went right over my head. I'm a fucking idiot. No, that's it's fine. okay. <laughs> well, you don't know that. Yeah, it's Aaron not and like I... we're doing it right now or anything. <laughs> Aaron and I actually haven't seen each other in person since. Since September Alaska. 2019. So I like, cried I mean, so tracks. much that day, Josh. I, I was sobbed. sad too. Well, the thing that's sad is like it's early in the fucking morning. It's like 7 a.m. You drive me out to the boat stop, and then like that's it. Like you know, it's and then like, I it's go sh- try and do a show. Yes, through all my tears. It's a, it's a shitty time. No, yeah, but um. Back to the point of metal, of course, though, because I, oh, yes. I appreciate our relationship, Aaron. But we got Bosco, and we got to talk about right. The metal. It's not about us. Yeah, it's about Bosco. These metal, this metal art is really cool, honestly. It's fantastic, and um, I thought they picked excellent cards for it. 
And I really, like, I, I wish that we had you on, like, a year ago when we were talking about call time, because I feel as though, like, that's a perfect set for you, being such a metal fan. I loved it. I uh, I thought that one, I really got a lot out of that, and it, it is very metal. They even had a, a few metal artists, one of which I'm a big fan of, uh, reveal a few of the cards uh, when the set was in the process of being uh, unveiled. You know, I should have, I, I was, like, thinking to myself what it was happening. I'm like, I don't know anything about metal. I should have asked you because I'm like, I don't know who any of these bands are introduced to the cards, but clearly people who know the genre would know. So that must have been freaking awesome. Yeah, the the cards in this set, I think that in particular, uh, some of my favorites were Assassin's Trophy. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, that card was huge when it dropped. Everybody was like, oh, this is the answer for anything. Yes. Doesn't matter that you give your opponent the land. Doesn't, like... You just drop this, you get rid of what you need to, and you call it a day. And I think that that, that hype has faded since realizing that uh, mana ramping your opponent doesn't always uh, not matter. True. I think, though, you're playing in green when you use Assassin's Trophy, so you're already yeah. ramping enough yourself. I think it's a risk that you're able to yeah. take pretty well. Depending on the deck you're running, it, it can certainly be something that doesn't really matter for you. Definitely. And, uh my favorite card in this this secret layer is the uh, Thraxamundar. Yeah, I didn't know this card actually. <laughs> so I I knew him from Shards of Alara. He's in uh, Alara Reborn. He was in Grixis, and I had a Grixis deck running at the time, mm. and uh, I thought it was the sickest card ever. I mean, it's just it's it's pretty strong, and they they nailed the art on this one. It looks so cool. So Grixis art, you say. Does that mean you are interested in the new old money vampires that will be coming out in the new Kapina set? Absolutely. Um, I remember there's a vampire in also in Alara Reborn. Uh, I think it was called a Blood Tyrant. Yes. And it was a Grixis vampire that was ridiculous if you were playing with more than uh, more than two people. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Want to share with the class? Yeah, okay, so it is a four blue-black-red um, creature vampire flying in trample. At the beginning of your upkeep, each player loses one life. Put a plus-one, plus-one counter on Blood Tyrant for each one life lost this way. Whenever a player loses the game, put five plus-one, plus-one counters on Blood Tyrant. And what's its base? Five-five? Yeah, big, powerful trampler with flying. Like, that's a pretty great deal right there yeah i loved that card so i that came to mind when you guys said you know grixis vampires coming up i'm like okay well that's definitely something i can hello get with. a grixis vampire I, <laughs> it's <yeah>. me <laughs> how you it's, been it literally fits yeah perfect maybe maybe the blood tyrant has come into some money well no but it'd be an old money <laughs> vampire never mind not a new one found an inheritance somewhere mm. within the blood tyrant's mansion or yeah mansion yeah yeah mansion that works yeah. for me but since we just talked about New Cabinet there for a second, and sorry, crazy. Just a second, is, just 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, like, I've ne- we've never had, like, a uh, uh, breaking news on the podcast before. This is just really exciting to me. I'm still trying to get over it. But um, we a big thing that we want to talk about is we were just talking about a little bit about Magic's past. We want to talk about things that we're hoping for in the future. And each of us play Magic differently. We don't all play in the same styles. And kind of what we've been doing in Magic and where we've seen it going and kind of where we want to see Magic go with these new sets, with new Kapina. Like, loyalty counters for Planeswalkers wasn't something that I thought would ever happen, like getting those as an upkeep thing. 
but that's something cool that's being added. So I just wanted to talk to each of you. Uh, what formats are the formats you play the most, and what are we looking for? Honored guest, how about you kick us off? Uh, so I pretty much exclusively play Historic on Arena, um, and every now and then I'll, I'll cobble together a little standard deck, uh, but that hasn't happened in a few months. I think the last time that happened was uh, right after Forgotten Realms. Which was a fantastic set, by the way. I, I do cannot give it enough praise. Much love. So I guess that if had you asked me this, uh, you know, maybe a month ago, I would have said, okay, I want more artifacts because I'm a big artifact guy and I have uh, a historic artifacts deck that I can I can get into detail with later. But uh, we got some pretty pretty powerful uh, additions to that that category with Neon Dynasty. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're talking Tezzeret and you know just. Uh, Jingataxius is ridiculous. I am sure it will get banned very soon. <laughs> no, that's fair. As far as what I what I want to see going forward, I mean, I think something that I think about a lot, and I, I think about this with music as well, is you know what hasn't already been done. And I see, you know, in music, I think that a lot of things get they get redone, but you give it a different skin, and now it's it's more or less something new. I think magic, it's a little harder to hide behind that new aesthetic because you start seeing how you know certain mechanics like like clue tokens or food tokens or treasure tokens obviously those each have their own individual roles you know you start seeing things like that that are like okay well this is kind of similar to that thing they did two or three sets ago i guess i seek a, a mechanic that hasn't really been broached yet which is very difficult for a, a game that's been around for well almost 30 years now definitely yeah you you would have to imagine they've exhausted a lot of points but i think that if they can pull something off that's really fresh and they get big bonus points for it not being overpowered um <laughs> then that, i think <laughs> that's fair i don't know what that is and I, I i i wish i could get more specific but i think that's pretty much what my my main desire as a magic player would be Oh, definitely. Uh, and just a quick point bouncing off of you for artifacts. Like, the fact that not only did we just get more artifacts, we had vehicles and artifact creatures that came into mm-hmm. Kamigawa, which I think, honestly, when it comes to standard, because I mostly play standard on Arena and then I play Commander a lot. Like, in terms of standard, the idea of having creatures that are not only creatures they can also be equipped to do other crazy shit it made gruel just like so fucking powerful when it came to like rapid play and standard which was really exciting to see and then also for someone who is a sucker for boros in commander (laughs) constant like constant fucking sucker for boros having equipment because boros commander is all about equipment card drop Having equipment that could actually act as creatures is like one of the kindest things that could ever fucking happen. Because it's so broken. Because like with Boros, like your one creature that you're usually using dies, and then you have fucking seven pieces of equipment on the just field. Just a whole armory like, just littering the battlefield. Great, can't do fucking shit anymore. So no, I've been like honestly, what I've been excited about with the set, and I didn't really realize it when we were doing the uh, talk earlier. Aaron was like, my Wylith deck. I've been able to fix with so many artifact creatures mm-hmm. and new artifacts that really is making me feel more comfortable with the deck. So I'm very happy for that when it comes to artifacts. So I look forward to that. Congratulations. I look forward to losing to that. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, Tezzeret's fucking great and Jin 
Alaska taxis will get banned. There's no, yeah. There's no yep. I mean, Tezzeret, uh, I mean, outside of, of gameplay, Tezzeret to me is uh, ta- as Tamio is to Aaron. Oh, well, uh, that puts us as mortal enemies. I was about to say, that's not It's a, really a damn shame. Because you have done me a, a uh, what cataclysmic disservice. Why, you're not into the, the Phyrexian di- no. uh, completion thing? Shit's bad. Do it for you? I'm, well, first off, like I've been team Marodin from the get-go. All right. So like okay, respect. Thank you. No, my poor sweet Tamio. <laughs> no more soul, sorry. I know, which is weird too from a, from like a lore perspective. It used to be that the Planeswalker Spark was like the one thing that was like immune to Phyrexian tampering. And so now I'm like just super anxious about what that means for every other Planeswalker I love, you know, like no one is safe. Right, cuz the idea is that I think I read some of the lore for for Neon Dynasty, and the idea is that they, you know, Jen Gataxius researched mm-hmm. whatever, got real smart about it, and was like, "Oh, we can. There's a way for us to do this to complete somebody that's a planeswalker without tarnishing that." And uh, fucked I, up. I mean, that's yeah, it is, that is fucked up. The whole the whole Phyrexian thing, the fact that like at this point nothing's safe. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's it's a scary concept. It keeps me that... up at night. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think they want to lead into the Brothers War set that's gonna be coming out at the end of the year. Like, I think they want to get some crazy shit going. So perhaps losing Tamio and this new revelation about Planeswalkers is the first step to fucking have a kicker at the end of the year. God. I just I really think... <laughs> hope that uh, the lore works out that like Tamio gets to you know, come back and like be uncompleted, but uh, I don't quite know how that works. They did that with Karn, right? I don't remember. Yes, no, they did. That's right. Yeah, he's the he's like an automaton kind of guy, right? Is that who I'm thinking yeah, he's of? Yeah, a, a golem. Yeah, it could happen. It could, could happen. Also, I just feel bad because a lot of Aaron's planeswalkers that they like have had this happen. Nissa fell to darkness in Zendikar. Like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. just holding it, out hope for Ralzeric though. Ralzeric gets like black added; it becomes a zombie. Yeah, or I'm some like, shit. all right, yeah. never mind. Yeah. But even like in War of the Spark, Ralzeric was on the side of Nicol Bolas for a second. So. I know, right? Fucking crazy. So like, I think I just have a thing for like people that have like an edgy phase. You know, that's fair. Yeah, I always forget which that. Sounds Ra- like me. Ralzeric does have two of the three colors that are Nicobolas, which I, I yeah, guess that makes sense true. when you think about it. Yeah, you're always oh, looking God. for similarity, right? That's a that's a big no, one. No. But when it comes to um things that I'm looking forward to for the future of Magic, besides more Jingataxiuses, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I just you can copy an artifact instant or sorcery. I'm sorry. That's like an immediate fucking benefit. And then counter one, more Jinkataxis. It's not no. allowed. No, no, no. So Kamigawa brought in a lot of or Neon Dynasty, I should say, brought in a lot of love for sagas and a lot of loves for shrines. And things that I would like to see for the future of magic, if we want to have like these sagas and shrines become big, is we just need shrines, I understand that's a slow process but we need better sagas we need, because these decks are not going to function for many, many years unless we get the cards that are needed mm-hmm. like you usually want like 20 or 25 cards in a commander deck that function as your commander's tools, like the main things like the, uh, like the fucking meat of the sandwich mm-hmm. and if there's not even like 25 good saga there's not even maybe like 10 good sagas in a color scheme then decks like that are just going to fall apart so right. 
if we can get things to benefit that. Yeah, like I was talking about with um, my favorite, one of my favorite cards from Kamigawa is uh, Satsuki the Living Lore, right? But there's yeah. there's no world to have a Satsuki commander deck because um, sagas just like don't exist in the Selesnya color scheme that are like no. that good and that plentiful. Completely. And it's it's a disappointing thing. They added a lot of sagas in this set, of course, but like... Which I love. And I love that the more. sagas become creatures, you know? Yeah. Brand new freaking mechanic. Freaking sweet. Which goes yeah. into what I'm sort of looking forward to, which is also sort of like um, revisiting some of Magic's past. But I love enchantment creatures. I think mm. that they're awesome. Um, it's one of the things when I delved back into magic after taking a bit of a break, I delved into Theros and got like a whole like box for myself. It was very exciting. Um, I love enchantment creatures. I think they're really cool. I love playing with enchantments because like as much as every deck I build has the problem of having way too many fucking spells um, and just like six creatures. So having enchantment creatures that have abilities that are spell-like is one way for me to actually make a functional deck because it, it gets creatures, but I get a lot of cool spell effects. Yeah. So I just want more. I got some in Kamigawa. Shed, yeah. Yeah, I'm making, um, I'm refining my blue-green, my bant. It's blue-green-white. It's got Tamiyo in it, naturally. Um, and it's a bunch of, like, it... it started with a bunch of enchantment creatures and some sagas that turned into enchantment creatures right so i'm looking i'm hoping to get a couple more because currently like theros isn't in standard naturally so like i'm missing out a lot of those enchantment stuff yeah things with dual functions like that i mean that's that's always good for the game i think you Mm -hmm. know there's there's always always something interesting that can be done when you have so many like these these multifaceted cards that that can function you know however you need them Mm -hmm. to in a given situation Definitely. You know, and it's funny that you brought up the Forgotten Realm set earlier because a big thing Aaron and I talked about a couple pods ago was like it's really cool. The Forgotten Realms had a lot of instants and sorceries that were multiple option instant and sorceries, yes. and like that's just such a cool thing for utility. So more shit like that, yeah. Right, and you guys talked about how that like you know that that fits in with the the lore, like that yeah the flavor of the cards like that that is Dungeons and Dragons. Like you have options, and it's so cool. I think that that set. Did did so much and so much right in that that way. I love you, Bosco. I, I thank you. <laughs> I for love that. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you so, for listening. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking about that makes me think of because I was literally just deck building before I hopped on, and I think we yeah. all have certain cards that when we're building, it's like we'll always put it in a deck. You know, like yeah. in a certain color scheme. I'm thinking about like like I just put Inscription of Abundance in my Kamigawa deck now because like. That's one of those cards that has, like, multiple options. You can choose a bunch, whatever, if you kick it, blah. Like, things like that. Like, there's certain... When it's in cycle, or if I'm playing historic, I always want to put in Kyorabes the Sea God, you know? Mm, like, totally. what are some cards like that for both of you? That when, like, when you're looking to fill a deck and you want a really strong card, like, I always toss X in. From Kamigawa or just in general, as in stages? I, I would say in general, Okay. Maybe, like, as you're refining your Kamigawa decks, you know, and, like, incorporating some of those cards. Or maybe answer both questions. So, like, what, what will you bring to Kamigawa from the past? And then what from Kamigawa will you bring moving forward? Good question. I like Thank this. you. Things that I would take from Kamigawa and put in older sets the, or older decks that I have. Um, I will just say a couple I think I've already mentioned, just to reiterate, Jinka Taxis is a fucking blue staple. I mean, like, 
it's just an immediate counterspell. Like, sorry, I just have to get that one out there. Like, that's obvious. But um, being the Boros player that I am, I think that there are red-white cards in the set that are fucking great. I'm just going to say one right now that I think should go in every red deck is Ogre Head Helm. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Whenever Ogre Head Helm or equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it. If you do, discard your hand, then draw three cards. And I think if you're playing especially mono red, you're not fucking drawing cards. So to have a creature that can get rid of your small, like, goblins that you have on the field and draw you three cards, pretty freaking great. And I think, and honestly, I have found that has gone in every red or white, red-white deck that I've built. So I think that is definitely something from Kamigawa to bring into the past. I'm going to have to think about the other way around, though. I can uh, I can speak to both points. Thank you. Thank you for completing so, the assignment. Oh, <laughs> boo. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I'll take my fucking D, Professor. <laughs> so my, I'd say for, for Kamigawa, bringing Neon Dynasty into other sets, I think that I, I don't play white, but I think that the Wandering Emperor is mm-hmm. going to become a white oh, staple. Flash Planeswalker? And, yeah, I mean, there's just there's too much synergy. No matter what kind of white deck you're running, it is good. I, I can't see a situation that it wouldn't fit in well. Uh, I mean, it's got you know, it's got control. It's got it puts you know samurais on the battlefield, whatever mm-hmm. you needed to do. Uh, but for, in terms of what I play, uh, Tezzeret. <laughs> <laughs> Tezzeret. Uh, I feel the same way because my answer is Tamio. Like I'll put yeah. uh, the completed sage in every blue green deck because yeah. every ability is good. Uh, as for bringing something old, uh, I am a big fan of. Uh, so I play blue black mostly. And I am a huge fan of Thief of Sanity. I think that that card is so good in so many situations. And it's just, for for a three drop, it does so much. A 2-2 flyer that steals cards from your opponent. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, stuff like that. I, I, I tend to have an, a, an affinity for cards like that. No magic pun intended. <laughs> um, and like Thief of Sanity or Xanathar or um, uh, what was the pirate one? Um, Hostage Taker. Yeah, from uh from Ixalan, and it's just yeah, I, hostage taker is a anything a great card. that I, lets you play your opponent's deck too. Yeah, which a lot of that shit in the Forgotten Realm set. Just gonna say, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, again, Xanathar. I mean, I so I'll usually again I run blue black, and I also often run uh, Sultai. You know, cards like I I have Xanathar in there, even with you know, it's just good. <laughs> it's it's fun, and I, I love I love fucking with my opponent in in that way. I think that that satisfies me in terms of uh, the interactiveness of my decks. Aaron, I'm ready to complete the assignment. Now. All right, thank you, Josh. Yeah, for half credit, you can resubmit. Yeah, okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so I know I had a dream. I was back in college last night, and it was stressful as fuck. I hate those dreams. <laughs> I hate dreams where I'm finding back in school because, like, or it's... like I had one two days ago that I was back in high school. No, and, those like, are forgot the my choir folder. Like. No. I that hate shit. No, I hate it because, like, it reminds me, like, I think, like, the thing is, like, I live those dreams, and then I have the moment of realization where I'm like, wait, this is what I had to do in high school. This fucking sucks. And then I wake <laughs> up. Yeah. You know, just shit. <laughs> fucking shit like that. No, but, um. Like, man, why am I thinking about that? Right. And, like, <laughs> it still haunts me. Like, why? Why does it have that power? I think, honestly, right now, since I'm music directing at a high school, I think that's oh. probably part of the reason because I'm seeing probably. all these very awkward kids. So, you know, it all, oh, God. It all adds up, doesn't it? No. So, um, some staples for me that I just wanted to do. Um, I think Felidar's Retreat should go mm. in every single freaking white deck. I mean, it, it just gives you so much. As I a, almost put it in my Kamigawa deck. It's so, it's just so 
freaking good. I mean, I don't know how you can't want to benefit from every land that you drop in white, especially in plus one counters mm-hmm. and extra creatures. Like, that That seems to be a no-brainer for me. Um, I wanted to do one more. I'm, I'm kind of debating between them, and I'm not going to say Jinkataxis again, okay? I think the one that I have to give love to is I think when it comes to Rakdos, you're sacking always, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I think Olivia the Crimson Bride gives you such a fucking great hit and great conversion that I think you'd be nuts. Not Like, they're not even fucking vampire decks, and I put Olivia Crimson Bride in Rakdos stuff because it just gives you cards back and it's a 4/5 flyer. Mm-hmm. Like how can you not? So Olivia Crimson There, there are certain things that like even if it's not thematic it is like objectively good. Like yes. mechanically it works so well, why wouldn't you do it? And it was half banned, but I think I'm still going to say it all runes epiphany. Get an extra turn. Mm. That's simple. Extra turn cards, man. I know, right? Hello. So yeah. we love an extra turn. <laughs> and with Jingataxius, you would copy it automatically. Nope. Mm-mm. Just saying. <laughs> Just fucking sad. Uh, blue Brawl deck, Jinkataxis. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, Professor, you can now uh, say. Oh, thank answers. you. Well, I gave some of mine when I posed the question. That's so a good. So there's one, like yeah. some of those, but from Kamigawa specifically, like obviously, like I said, I'm taking Tamio. Um, I also, because I love to play green, like we were talking about earlier, like <laughs> we could shit on my play style, which is fine. Which is like, <laughs> I sometimes just like having big creatures, you know? Yeah. So I'm classic for. Um, like making a Nissa deck that has lots of lands that turn into creatures and vice versa, you know. So like I love Ashaya, um Soul of the Soul of the Wilds. What is it? <laughs> the Ashaya one the... from Zendikar, right? Uh yeah, uh hang on a sec. Oh yeah, Ashaya Soul of the Wild. That's it. Right, from the new Zendikar set. That's a card I would put in everything. That's just great. And when you're talking about yeah. green ramp, why wouldn't you want that? So no, that, but that things insane. from Kamigawa where I'm thinking about like um invoke the ancients which just like makes a bunch of spirits and that's awesome just like super solid green staples okay well also i sorry i was just caught up in a shia oh yeah because it's that good of a card i mean the thing i love it because i didn't realize it until it happened to me it's great board wipe fucking protection Mm -hmm. because if all your creatures are lands they're not non-land permanents right. anymore. Yeah, absolutely. They're so it's land fucking brilliant. Permanents. Yeah. Except for what's the board wipe? Is it um in this one right? That's like everything. Like exile your graveyard, exile all your lands, all your creatures. Start yeah, over. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a staple for white as well. Well, yeah. also if people want to dig back even further, just put fucking Armageddon into their decks. That's how mm-hmm. you just ruin somebody's day. <laughs> Destroy well, all lands. On the same line from Felidar's Retreat, I would put Luminarch Aspirant in every white deck. Oh yeah. Like that's just just free plus one plus one counters. Why it's wouldn't you take that? Pretty yeah. fucking yeah. right. In uh in uh historic, I think that might be my least favorite card to see come out on turn two. Oh, yeah, that's oh, a good point. Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm running my artifacts deck, which is a little slow sometimes, if if I see that one drop, I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pump is insane that you get from that, especially turn two. You're going to be pumping all your creatures unbelievably. Yeah, you get to the point where some board wipes with, like, you know, all creatures get minus three. It's like, okay, well, that's not really an answer anymore. Right. Yeah, crippling fear gets kind of turned off when shit like yep. that happens. 
And Meat Hook. That's like gets one of my favorite. I love Massacre Girl for that reason. Nothing yeah. takes out an army of little dudes like Massacre Girl. That's a good point. She's fucking great for wiping. Except for yeah, ex- except for when you have shit like that, where like everything's huge. You're like, never mind. Yeah, you have to at least kill small ones. To you get have to it kill to at least grab. one. Yeah. yeah. It's always hey, Massacre Girl. You know she can't always kill everyone. That's Mm-mm. even though it, it's embarrassing to her name. Yes. Y- you know Bosco. <laughs> uh, I, I was just thinking about um when you were talking about uh like new mechanics, like brand new mechanics you would want to see. And there's been something I've been thinking about, so I just had to bring it up. What if there was something similar to the Monarch, but it was like the Debt Collector? Because a lot of new cabinets about crime families. So I don't know if there's a mechanic where you can kind of impose this, like, debtor thing on another player. It's almost like an enchantment curse, but it goes another level. Well, it's almost like any card that has, like, you have to pay extra mana to target this card, right? So, Uh, like, things with ward, it could be, like, a tax. Definitely something. It could be something along the lines of that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's I just want more enchantment curses, like Sinner's Judgment, which I fucking love. That's fair. Yeah. That brings me back to, like, Ixalan, right? When, like, you have the... um, when you find the city and it, you get like cool bonuses for that. Oh yeah, the um, what did they call that? Uh, like the city's blessing or whatever. yeah, right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love, I love like things that are like the planeswalker um emblem. Like I love things that are just like, hey, here's something brand new that's entered the field and it's kind of just there now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It just exists. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah, emblems no count as it. permanents? I don't know. No. Emblems don't count as permanents. No, they so just they exist. S- they stay. Yeah. So I love if you it. have a broken one like Garrix, then you know you mm-hmm. just keep doing that. Fucking Tamio also has thing. a super cool emblem. Just gonna put it out there. That's cool. I I agree with you. I I agree <laughs> with you. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. And it's hey, now nice. now with your color scheme, you could get that enchantment from New Capino where you could bump the loyalty counter on Tamio. I know. I'm going to use it. Yeah. I which is I don't even like demons. Um, which is like, sorry, not to be prejudiced against Excuse demons. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, demons. No, no, no. Oh. Last episode, you roasted me for like being racist <laughs> and goblins. So I'm going to fucking get you on this. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just like, I don't like them. I think it's cause they're. Hmm. I, often. Sorry, often, sorry. Nope. Heard of you come out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> often demons are not the most beautiful of creatures and okay. uh i'm a bit um with um shallow i'm shallow when yeah, it comes to magic yeah, this is part of should. why i play green and blue i think it's <laughs> a, such a so many of their creatures are beautiful and just like this is also why i um i don't like phyrexia because i think it's like really hideous um and very like unnatural and so much of what draws me to green specifically is its focus on nature yeah, man, those Simic mutants are just—they're they're gorgeous. gorgeous. <laughs> I love a good shark dough crab. I don't. I, don't. Mm. I was being sarcastic, yeah, I but agree. okay. That is, yeah, I, I know that. it's fine. It's Aaron, fine. Aaron's just obsessed with blue green. We we know yes, this on the absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a white black. I'm an Orzhov, so clearly I love the hideous monsters because they're all. You black, love those yeah. nasty, gross little gremlins. Yeah. yeah. I do. It's the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on green black as well, and I think that those tend to be the the ugly. I also mossy, think that those undead. are pretty. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's something Aaron, about like Aaron. what? I don't know where this is coming from. You're judging. I just. Yeah. I think I just love nature so much. You're um, judging demons for being ugly, and then you're like, Golgari's pretty hot. Like I know. Yeah. Like, hold <laughs> Listen. So I just like the little moss man. Okay. okay. Moss skeleton zombie. Yeah. yeah his name hot. is Hosier. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. Demons are, eh, they just don't do it for me. I also don't like angels either. Okay. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. We got. We got to end the pod here. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. You know. Uh, angels and clerics are my favorite freaking cards. I, I can't, know. I, can't, I know. I can't accept this. Man, you must have been really upset when they came out with that divine versus demonic dual deck. Which yeah. is this is funny because in the other episode where I was like, what else could we look forward to? And like our crossover between magic and D and D, I was like, more with angels and demons. Take me to Avernus. You know, like I said all of that. And I'm like, just ugly. insane. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, let's see some dual decks. And I was like, yeah. But also, <laughs> I like point. dual decks too. We haven't I'm had that in a long time. Yeah. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! first before I played Magic. And I, my first thought when you were like, a new mechanic, I was like, let's get polymerization. Like, oh, I want to see some fuse. fucking fusion monster monsters. I want mm. like, you need one blue creature and one green creature. And you fuse them and you make a blue-green creature. That's an interesting you know? thought. I like the idea of that. Very simic of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it is very simic of me. It's yeah. A common theme I've noticed in uh in, in many of many of Aaron's statements throughout the pod. Oh, it's always gonna go. You're back. like consider simic. I think since we're 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 ending with simic, a common theme. I think we're coming to the end of our podcast today, <laughs> and especially because I I need to repair my heart after the angel assault. That's I just know. Happened. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> you did this to me, Josh. Okay. I don't. Okay. All right. I, we're gonna. I'm gaslighting you now. We have to end this podcast. <laughs> oh, of course. That's what we always do. But Bosco, thank you so much for coming on and giving not only just being a community member who's responded so well to past episodes that we've had, but also just bringing on so many great insights. Um, Is there anything you want to let the audience know uh, where to follow you and such? Plug yourself. Sure. Uh, so you can follow me at uh, CountChocula94 on Instagram. That's my personal. It's not on private. I don't post anything interesting. More importantly, you can follow my progressive metal band Gravis at Gravis Band on Instagram. Uh, we are we've been posting some teases of our upcoming debut album. We have a single out already. It's called Wormholes. It's heavy as shit. Uh, that is on Spotify already. So you can find us Gravis G R A V I S Travis, but with a G instead of a T. <laughs> Awesome, nice. and we will make sure that in the podcast description, you'll have all the links, so check them out right there. Including a link to our Instagram. <laughs> oh my god, we keep forgetting to talk about the Instagram. Yes, you can check out <laughs> us now, our faces, so you don't just have to hear the voice anymore. You can actually see what we look like at DND Gatherers on Instagram. And lastly, everybody... I know that the sitting's blessing is usually only granted to one player, so we grant it to you, the audience. And with City's blessing, you now have the ability to like and subscribe to the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast.